Welcome to Josh's Sports Show. A little bit about me since this is the first episode. My name is Josh Morani. I am 21 years old. I live in Tucson, Arizona, and I love sports. Football, basketball, tennis, hockey, baseball, all sports. This is what this show is going to consist of. Daily sports news and hot takes from Josh, me, myself, and I. My little takes that I see as I am an avid sports fan. So today is the day after week 17 of the National Football League. There were so many good games to watch this past weekend, and I'm going to start with the one that everybody could watch, which was Sunday night football, the Washington Washington football team versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And it really was a bizarre game to watch. It was not enjoyable. It was not a game that got me excited. Carrie Underwood saying, waiting all day for Sunday night for that game. No, I did not. I'm not an Eagles fan, nor am I a football team fan, and there's really not a lot of players I like on either team other than Alex Smith on the football team. He has a sensational story, so if I'm rooting for anybody, it would be Alex Smith. But even Chris Collinsworth said it yesterday that when the game ended it, the way it ended it was a perfect way for that game to end. So let's get started. The Washington football team beat the Philadelphia Eagles, score of 20-14, to 14, and the football team clinched the division, the NFC East, which is really a terrible division, the worst division in sports history. It had an argument that last year was the worst division in sports history, and this year it really topped it off. I mean, anybody who thought Washington NFC East is exciting, is delusional, and I don't even think you can count that as watching sports or having fun watching football, because it wasn't. Because Alex Smith played on a calf injury, did not play well. He was all right, but shaky, only 162 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions, and both those interceptions were not good. They were rookie mistakes, bad throws, so... I don't even want to give him a pass because he did not play well. The running game was really non-existent with Antonio Gibson back from injury. I think they should have started McKissick, but McKissick couldn't really get anything going. So it was not a good night for the football team. Their leading wide receiver was Sims with five receptions and 43 yards. So it was not a good night for the football team's offense. But I will say this about the football team even though I love Alex Smith, is that defense is legit, led by Chase Young. They're ferocious. They've got talent. They make plays, and they get after the quarterback. And I'm happy Chase Young is on Alex Smith's team because that team will rush a quarterback and get after you. And I think if they weren't playing the Bucks in the first round, uh, they would make some noise. But we'll get to that later on in the show. And for the Eagles, the Eagles made, at the time yesterday, it seemed like the most bizarre 
decision, which was to bench Jalen Hurts in favor of Nate Sudfeld, I think that's his name, and that offense looked terrible, looked inept, nobody was really trying, it just looked bad from start to finish, really the whole offense, I mean, it didn't look good, I mean, Jalen Hurts was the best part of that offense when he was running the football, and that's what he did best at Alabama, and that's what he was starting to do at Oklahoma, and then now at Philadelphia, he got two touchdowns with his legs, improvising, creating plays, and all of a sudden, it was like, is he injured? Why did they take him out of the game? What happened? Why did they put Nate Sudfeld in? Nobody knows the answer except for Doug Peterson. He says that they wanted to win. That was their goal to win. But to me, it did not look like they wanted to win at all. It looked like they wanted the fifth or sixth overall draft pick, whichever one they get. And But when you look at Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, last night he did not look like a good thrower of a football, not a good passer. Really didn't have that instinct yesterday. And I'll credit Washington's defense for that. Jalen Hurts threw only seven completions, 72 yards, an interception. He really didn't look good. The running game didn't look good. Of course, Miles Sanders was out, and their leading receiver, J.J. Arcelio Whiteside, two receptions, 40 yards. I mean, I mean, come on. Not good at all. I mean, their receiver group is terrible. I felt bad for Carson Wentz before. I feel bad for Jalen Hurts now, even though I think Jalen Hurts will be better than Carson Wentz. I think a lot of people have now jumped on that. Maybe Carson Wentz has better arm talent, but this league, you look at Lamar Jackson, you look at Mahomes scrambling to make plays. To me, Jalen Hurts is that guy. And Jalen Hurts can show that with a good receiver. I mean, Philadelphia passing up on DK Metcalf. I know everybody passed on DK Metcalf, but... I think they lost because they want to get Devontae Smith, the AP player of the year from Alabama. And that really is what Philadelphia needs. They need a true wide receiver, a stud out there. And Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts with Miles Sanders in the backfield, maybe if they keep Goddard, a decent offensive line, this Eagles team offensively, could do some damage. They have a shaky defense. They all talk about big play slay. To me, to me, he doesn't make big plays. To me, he's overrated. He's not good. I look at that front seven, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. To me, that's that's a more enticing right there than big play slay. I don't think he's that good. He doesn't make that time he plays. He's been through injuries. So to me, I don't think Darius Slay is that A1 top dog cornerback like Stephon Gilmore was last year or Jalen Ramsey was this year, Richard Sherman back in the day. I mean, the Eagles need Devontae Smith. They need that wide receiver for Jalen Hurts. So I get why they put Nate Sudfeld in. If they would have won, I forget exactly what spot they would have had, but they would have passed – Cincinnati, they would have passed Detroit, uh, I believe Carolina, Denver. So they were looking at going from a six pick to like a nine pick with that win. So 
I think it was a smart move for them. They were already out of it. Of course, you want to play to win, but I think as a team, it was a smart move to lose. Because I think if Jalen Hurts would have stayed in, I think he could have won the game. He could have won the game because that offense for Washington yesterday did not look good, even though Philadelphia's did not look good as well. But Jalen Hurts could have had a chance for a game-winning drive. And Doug Peterson took that from him. So I will not forgive him for that. But overall, congratulations to the Washington football team for winning the worst division in sports history. I'll give them that. I will give them that. But there were other notable games on the schedule. Uh, The biggest one to me that I watched, which was amazing, was the Titans and the Texans. I looked at this game I had on the Arizona Cardinals Los Angeles Rams game, and I said that game was terrible. So I turned on the Titans game, and I thought, oh, the Titans are going to win. They're up 24 to 9, then they're up 31 15. I'm like, 31 15 in the third quarter, they're going to do it. Derrick Henry's already rushed for 2,000 yards or whatever. I mean, he's a man. So Titans just finished a deal. And the Texans came back and gave the Titans a run for their money. Made it. They took the lead 35-31, then back to fourth with the Titans taking the lead 38-35. Houston coming back with a drive tying up the game. And then A.J. Brown, magnificent catch. And Tannehill with a brilliant throw to A.J. Brown to set up the game-winning field goal. But the story of that game is not Ryan Tannehill. It is not A.J. Brown. Not the catch, even though it was amazing, was spectacular. It is Derrick Henry. And I'll tell you that he rushed for more than 2,000 yards this season. 2,000 and 27, to be exact. 17 touchdowns on 378 carries. That's amazing. Back-to-back uh, rushing titles, that's very rare. I think the stat was, last time that happened was the 60s, I believe. I hope I'm right on that. But the last time a running back ran for over 2,000 yards was Adrian Peterson in 2012, and he won the MVP. And Adrian Peterson didn't even break the record. And he won the MVP. So this is my hot take. Derrick Henry should win MVP over Aaron Rodgers. I believe that. I stand by that. Did Aaron Rodgers have an amazing season? Yes, he did. Aaron Rodgers had a spectacular season. I will give him that. I think I heard something today that he threw for more touchdown passes than the Packers punted. Now to me... That's an insane stat to look at. Insane stat to look at. He threw for 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. I believe might be four, might be five. His completion percentage was great. His QBR, amazing. I am not an Aaron Rodgers fan. I look at him, and to me, he's not the GOAT. He's not the best quarterback ever. Not better than Brady by any shot of the imagination. Not to me. If he gets this MVP, it's his third one. Brady's had three or more. I think three. 
I'll put him up for both MVPs, but Tom Brady's had a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl rings. He's led his team to more constant success because he's a winner. That's what he is. He's a winner, and Aaron Rodgers isn't a winner. To me, he's more of a selfish kind of guy where Tom Brady isn't that. And to me, that's greatness right there, which is that kind of debate with uh, MJ and Michael jo- or MJ and LeBron James. I people think LeBron James is a goat. MJ's a goat. A lot with what LeBron is doing off the court right now is talking about him of a goat discussion, but I don't even think Aaron Rodgers comes close to being in any discussion with greatness at all when he is not a bona fide winner. He's not. And Tom Brady is a bona fide winner. So Aaron Rodgers, I think, should get second in MVP voting to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry means more to the Titans offense than Aaron Rodgers does. When you look at the Titans, you think of Derrick Henry, and imagine Derrick Henry not on the Titans. Imagine another running back like Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb. Would they be good? Yeah, would they be 11-5? and five? No. I do not think uh, Derrick Henry-less Titans would be 11-5. Even with Kamara or another great running back, they'd not be 11-5. I think they'd be... Eight and eight, best if that, maybe seven and nine. And I think that is being very generous because Derrick Henry just means more to this offense, to the Titans offense, than Aaron Rodgers does. And I will stand by that until I die. He just is a man out there. He's beast mode 2.0. To me, I said last night, he's better than. Marshawn Lynch, and you look at his running style, it's just that physical back. He's usually never tackled, no arm tackles, not tackled down right away, not tackled high, stiff arms, trucks. I mean, he just runs right over you. That man, I would be afraid of. And he just, he has that swagger where he just carries the Titans on his back. He says, give me the rock and I'll take you to the promised land. You know, Ryan Tannehill, you'll compliment me. A.J. Brown, compliment me. This defense, just make a stop because that Titans defense can't generate a pass rush to save its life. I mean, it is sad to watch that defense. Even if they had Jadavion Clowney back, I don't think that would help it as all because that, it's just sad to watch. I mean, it's like playing Madden on really difficult sliders, and you cannot generate a pass rush. It's frustrating. I feel for bad defense. Can't generate a pass rush, but you need to dig down to do something if you have any, 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 any hope of making it to the Super Bowl and advancing past the Kansas City Chiefs. And I say this about more about Derrick Henry, that he's more to the team. And Aaron Rodgers could have made that case a few years ago when your receivers, Lazard and Marquez, Dalbus, Cantley, and other ones. Devontae Adams was kind of going through injuries, but Devontae Adams this year has been a bona fide superstar. He has, to me, established himself as a top five, maybe even top three wide receiver. He is that good. His route running, his agility, his catching ability, I mean, it is 
spectacular to watch that man play football. The use of no hands, he breaks people's ankles off the step. He generates enough space without using his hands, just with his route running alone, and it is fun to watch. I feel like if you were to put another quarterback on there, maybe one that turns the ball over more like Matthew Stafford or Mitch Trubisky, if they were on the Packers, would they finish 13-3? and No, they wouldn't, but they would still be in the playoffs, I think, at 10-6. and With him, Aaron Jones on the team, and to me, all those receivers have really stepped up that past year. There's been some problems in the past with Lazard and MBS, some of their drops, and Aaron Rodgers not trusting him, but he trusts all his receivers this year. I mean, every deep throw, to me, looks like it's going to be a completion. Aaron Rodgers' accuracy is on point, his precision. It looks like he wants to go out and win and prove something. But again, he does not mean as much to his team as does Derrick Henry. And I wish that I could say that I agree with most people about Aaron Rodgers, but to me, he's second. He is not the MVP of the league. Let's go to another game with huge playoff implications, huge playoff implications on the line, which was the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. And I will tell you that was that was probably more painful to watch than the uh, game that was Sunday night, the football team versus the Eagles. To me, both quarterbacks, uh, backups and Wolford with his start and then Strevler with his, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. Not even an offensive touchdown for the Rams. The pick six from Troy Hill, which was a terrible throw. It looked like Strevler. He just threw that up to triple coverage on a hope and a prayer. And I don't know what he expected when he threw that football. And his reaction when he threw that interception, he was so upset. And I don't know why he was so upset. I don't know why. It's one thing if somebody picks off your route or they jump the gun or maybe receiver drops it. But when you throw the ball that bad and you're telling me, oh, that could be better. Then no, no, you're not a good quarterback. He's not a starter in this league. Uh, Colin Kaepernick should be the backup on the Cardinals instead of Strebler if he would take the money. But that was bad. And equally as bad was Wolford. Uh, did John make some plays on the ground? Yes, that is probably what gave him the game. As he kind of has that edge that Jared Goff doesn't with his kind of running ability, running some of those RPOs. But if you're telling me that Wolford is the answer to the solution and they'll make it past the Seahawks with Wolford, not Jared Goff, it's not going to happen. That will not happen with Wolford as quarterback. I'm sorry to tell you that. But John Wolford is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's not that good. He had the most rushing yards on the team, and that ain't going to cut it. I'm sorry. He made poor throws. His interception was poor. To me, he didn't play well at all. They're lucky that they got in the playoffs, and I think they're lucky that Kyler Murray was injured as well and wasn't 100%, even though I will say Kyler didn't look good when he was in. But then again, he could not throw the football, couldn't really 
step in the throws. And that was hard to watch. That game was hard to watch. But I feel if you're the Cardinals, you need to win to get in. You need to win. And you don't show up. It's pathetic. It is straight pathetic if you don't show up. And I'm I'm sorry to say that, but they should have stepped up. I know they had Christian Kirk out, Larry Fitzgerald out. But you need to say, hey, do we want to do this? Do we want to get into the postseason or not? And guess what? They didn't. They didn't want that postseason berth. They didn't want to play the Saints. And I'd be honest with you, I wouldn't want to play the Saints either. Right now, they look hot. And then let's go into our final game that we'll talk about in Week 17. Actually, no, it's not, but that's okay, which is the Buccaneers and Falcons. And I will say this. To me, the Buccaneers underperformed this season, but Tom Brady overperformed. And I say that because the Buccaneers finished 11-5, and and I picked them to win the division. I did. I thought they could win the division. I said that before the year. I said, hey, they're going to win the division. But they didn't, and the reason why was the people say the Saints were the kryptonite. Did they look good against the Saints? No, they didn't, but they had that three-game losing stretch, I think, in the middle of the season where they lost to the Rams and the or the Rams and the Saints and the Bears or whatever it was, and they just didn't look good in that middle stretch. They started off hot after their win against the Saints, stumbled in the middle, and then after their bye week, they have looked amazing. But still, I will say the Bucks overperformed, but I will say Tom Brady underperformed, but Tom Brady overperformed. And I say that because I don't think, I know Skip Bayless said that this morning, 4-0, 4-0, that's 40 touchdowns. I did not expect Tom Brady to have 40 touchdowns this season. I simply did not did not think he'd have 40. Didn't even think he'd have, I think, maybe three rushing, so he had 43 or something like that. I don't know. But 40 touchdowns passing on football? No. Did not expect that at all. He threw for a ton of yards. Of course, that's a pass-happy offense with the Buccaneers. They only run the football, even though they do have two good backs in Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. But with that plethora of weapons, and yesterday it was really on, full display with Tom Brady scrambling out of a pocket with that throw to Antonio Brown. I do not remember the last time I saw Tom Brady throw on a run like that. That was one of the best passes I've ever seen. And I say that because Tom Brady is 43 years old. He's 43. There's no denying that fact that he played amazing and he should be in the Pro Bowl over Kyler Murray. If they waited one more week, guess what? Tom Brady would be in because he looked like such a better quarterback. And even throughout the most of the season, with that 40 touchdowns in the yards, he's thrown for over 4,000. I know he had the quite a few interceptions this year, but Tom Brady simply balled out. And he is the reason that the Bucks are 11-5, and five, are back into the playoffs, even though they have Chris Godwin, Bray, Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, Ronald McCoy, a plethora, a plethora, a smorgasbord of offensive weapons to use from. 
but Tom Brady is the engine that could, because guess what? Last year, last year, he had comparable weapons, and I'm talking about Jameis Winston. He had Chris Godwin. He had Mike Evans. He had Ronald McCoy. He had Cameron Brate. He had O.J. Howard. And guess what? He was on ESPN's 30 for 30. 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns. Did he throw for 5,000 yards? Yeah. Brady was short of that by 300 or so. So to me, that's not that impressive. Tom Brady was a clear upgrade at 43 years old over Jameis Winston. Just think about that. A 43-year-old is an upgrade over Jameis Winston. And I forget how old he is. He might be 27, 28. But 43 over young 20s where they should be entering their prime as a quarterback is laughable. It It really is hysterical to think that Tom Brady is such a better quarterback at this age than Jameis Winston, which is sad. But to me, Tom Brady, this offense, the NFC should be afraid. They really should. And to cap off another one is the Browns win over the Steelers. Browns get into the playoffs. First time in almost two decades. Broke that playoff drought. And it was just so nice to see Baker fired up on the sideline after we got that first down. He was so excited. And I am a huge Baker fan. Loved him in Oklahoma. Loved him. He was a choke gesture away from advancing to the national title game to play Alabama. And he just has that dog mentality, chip on his shoulder, ability, where he can make amazing throws on the run. He can dissect the defense when he has time to throw. He is just a special, special quarterback. And I look forward to him in the playoffs. And you have the Bills dismantling of the Dolphins. To me, the Dolphins had to show up. I know there was no Fitzpatrick, the COVID diagnosis. But Tua had to play better. Those three interceptions cost the team so much. Their defense did not show up. The Buffalo Bills had really nothing to play for. Clinch a two-seed over a three. I mean, it's not huge this year since the fans in the stands really are limited. It, to me, home games don't mean as much. Maybe at Lambeau they do since it's so cold, but you really don't get the 12th man factor. So they play just to prove how good they are, and damn, did the Dolphins just lay in egg yesterday and did the Bills prove how good they are and how for real they are. And uh, yesterday made me want to get on the Bills Mafia train, even though I won't, and I'll say why in a little bit. But the Dolphins win and you're in, uh, just like the Cardinals win, and you're in and you lay an egg after a amazing performance against the Raiders. Unbelievable comeback. And you just don't show up basically against the Bills. You don't, you know, touchdowns and basically garbage time is 31. It's 28 to 6 at halftime. I mean, to me, that's unacceptable. 35-13. And Josh Norman looking like Josh Norman of the old on the Bills. I mean, come on. It just was not good. So with all this 
football yesterday. The playoff picture is set. The playoff picture is set. We have the AFC playoffs, the Colts versus the Bills. We have the Ravens versus the Titans and the Browns versus the Steelers. In the NFC, we have the Rams versus the Seahawks, Buccaneers versus the football team, and the Bears versus the Saints, which is going to be make up for some exciting, exciting football coming this Saturday and Sunday in NFL tripleheader both days, and I'll talk about that later in the week, but right now, I'm going to talk about who finished is my top five teams in football after this year. And my top five is number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 11 and five. They looked so hot at the end of the year. I know I just told you about Tampa Bay, but that rush defense, they need Shaq Barrett back to generate more of a pass rush, but that front seven can get after you. And I know people pick on them because that secondary is highly suspect. Highly, highly suspect. I mean, you never know if the guy's going to shut down Carlton Davis and shut down somebody or if he's going to get blown away for 200 yards a game. I mean, it is Jekyll and Hyde back there in the secondary. But that offense is real, and guess what? You know, defense used to win championships, and that was kind of a model going into last year's Super Bowl. A lot of people were on that 49ers defense saying, hey, who's going to stop the Chiefs offense? Well, it's going to be the number one defense. And guess what? Offense prevailed. And with the league rules, the league players, I feel like now more than ever, it's going to be the offense that wins championships and not defense. So that's why I'm going with Tampa Bay at number five. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, TB12, leading the Buccaneers as number five. Number four, the New Orleans Saints. Yes, they have looked good the past two weeks, but really the past month, other than that blip loss they had to the Eagles, Drew Brees has been phenomenal in the few games he's played. Taysom Hill has been that human Swiss Army knife, you can say, running, catching, passing. It's like, what does he? I feel like he's always on the field doing something. And then you have Alvin Kamara, one of the top running backs in the game. And it's not just his running ability, but his catching ability and his ability to turn plays that look like they're nothing into something, and he is just so elusive, so quick. His footwork is impeccable that watching him is a thing of beauty. You see him really take a screen pass from Drew Brees, turn it into a touchdown, and he is so fast, but rarely does he ever turn on the Jets. Sometimes it looks like he just strolls in there for a touchdown, kind of leading blockers. And that's why he is so good, because he isn't just one style of back, but he really takes on and is really the embodiment of that 
Saints offense and what they like to do. I know Michael Thomas is good. He broke the record this past last year, but this year he hasn't been the same, mostly due to injuries. I hope him a speedy recovery, and I hope he does well in the playoff with Drew Brees. I do. I do like Michael Thomas. I feel like he gets picked on a lot and gets a bad rap. But he, in that offense, is going to do some damage, and they also have the most well-balanced defense of them all, all three levels of linebackers, the secondary, the defensive line. I mean, that defense is amazing with Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, you can't get me started on that defense. It's tenacious. It's in your face. It'll rush you. It can do zone, man. I mean, that defense is scary, and a lot of teams are going to have trouble against them. We saw Patrick Mahomes have quite a bit of trouble against them, but they just have too many weapons to get the job done. But New Orleans is a top-five team. I had them as number four. Number three, the Buffalo Bills. And never thought I'd say this, but Josh Allen looks like an MVP quarterback. He does. To me, he finishes number three in MVP voting because Josh Allen has played lights out this past season, thrown for over 4,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And the biggest thing is his completion percentage took a huge leap this year, huge. And so did his QBR. And he was making plays on the run with his feet. He has looked insane. And I'm not a Josh Allen fan, but watching him makes me want to root for the guy. He seems like a genuinely good guy. And it is fun to watch him play. You know who is fun to watch him play with? His, to me, he's a number one star on the team and should get more consideration because he was a led the league in receptions and receiving yards, which is Stefan Diggs. That connection has been magical this season. And when they made that trade last year, the Bills did, and they got Stefan Diggs, I really thought nothing of it. I thought of it more for the uh, Vikings, while well, they got rid of a good player, Stephon Diggs, I know they drafted Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson has played amazing. Stand-up, lights out. To me, he could win Rookie of the Year instead of Justin Herbert. To me, flip a coin, they each deserve to win. They both played amazing. But Stephon Diggs is really the reason why Josh Allen has done so good in Kirk Cousins never had this kind of production with Stefan Diggs, and he had Adam Thielen as well, and Mason Rudolph is tight end, and Dalvin Cook, and Kirk Cousins couldn't do this, and Josh Allen really doesn't have a running game. I know they have Singletary and Moss back here, but it's really, it's I wouldn't say it's a good running game. Please try to convince me otherwise, but Stefan Diggs, he does have that ability to make plays, kind of like that Devontae Adams. Ask what Devontae Adams is for the Packers offense is essentially to me what Stephon Diggs is for Buffalo's offense. He's just so good at what he does, catching the ball. And the compliment, too, with Cole Beasley, that signing was amazing that they had. So the Stephon Diggs-Cole Beasley tandem with Josh Allen, it really has blossomed. Josh Allen and made him a bona fide superstar, I think, in the league. Is that defense great? No, it is not. But Tredarius White is a good cornerback, really solid player, 
ball hawk, Micah Hyde is amazing. But other than that, they're, they're not a defense that scares me going into the playoffs. I don't think, ooh, the Bills were Bills last year, the year before, where that defense was good. They lost some depth, which is expected. But that offense is amazing, which is why I have the Buffalo Bills sitting at number three. Now, top two. Number two, the Green Bay Packers are number two. And I hesitated there because part of me wants to put the Packers at one, but I just can't. And the Packers have looked so good this year. Most likely Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP. We've talked about that already on this show. Aaron Rodgers will win it. He'll take it home. Uh, He's been amazing. Devontae Adams, amazing. Just spectacular. Their tight end, Robert Tanyan, 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 and their other wide receivers have played great. Their running back, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon came out of nowhere. Their defense is, their run game is suspect, but they stopped Derrick Henry. Again, it was in Lambeau. The playoffs now go through Lambeau. It could be a special year for the Packers, and they just look good. And partly due to Aaron Rodgers playing at a higher level than he usually does, which is why he'll end up winning an MVP and has been the MVP in the eyes of many. Because he has not, because he says that, oh, you know, my bad years are career years for most quarterbacks. Well, yes, you're consistently good, but this year you've raised a bar to your playing level. You have really, really taken off. And to me, that's what separated Aaron Rodgers from the pack. And then number one, you know, the champs are the champs until somebody takes down the champs. That's my philosophy. So who stays number one throughout the season? Best team in football? Kansas. City Chiefs, say it again with me, Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. Repeat after me, Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. And there's been a lot of slander lately on the Chiefs, uh, all these stats thrown away after the Jets walloped the, after the Chiefs walloped the Jets in week eight. They talked about their games afterwards, beat the Panthers two points, went after that four points, three points, six points, six points, three points, three points. And yesterday they lost by 17, but that was because no Kelsey, no Hill, no Patrick Mahomes, a lot of rest for starters. So you're not going to win that. I'm sorry. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. Tyreek is the best wide receiver in football. Travis Kelsey, best tight end in football. That's three of the best offensive positions down, which is why they're the best. And I know they've lost by, or they've won by close margins, but that's what you're going to expect in a postseason. They're going to win by close margins. Will they come back and win? Yeah. Can they blow you out? Yeah, they can really beat you in all types of ways except for their running game. They're not really built to run the football with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I know he flashed in that first game. There's really been no flashes to me of Le'Veon Bell and his ex-Steeler-like ways because Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He's that stud. And when you have him, when you have Tyreek Hill, when you have Nicole Hardman, when you have Demarcus Robinson, Brian Pringle, uh, 
Travis Kelsey. It's you have to shut down so many people. And Patrick Mahomes also has that ability to scramble, make plays. And it's just tough to stop. It is tough to stop this offense. Even two years ago when we lost to the Patriots in the conference championship when their defense was terrible, it was hard to stop that offense. Their defense, all they had to do was make one more stop. And their defense progressed and progressed. And, you know, their their defense isn't standing out. But that Chiefs offense is too good. It is is close to unstoppable people compared to the Warriors. Do I think it is that potent? No, because they're not they don't have those guys on defense. So they can't really uh be on both sides of a football. Their defense could give up some points. Other people scheme, so not one person can really take control of the game as much as other professional sports can do, but Patrick Mahomes is that guy in sports. Uh, he has been amazing this year, second in yards, fourth in touchdowns, only six interceptions, second in QBR. I mean, people think, oh, it's kind of a down year. Uh, he's been in the league playing for three years uh, as a starter. So this is these numbers are amazing. Are they MVP numbers like his first season, 2018? No, they're not MVP numbers, but... He is playing amazing football, and this offense is clicking, and I expect it to click in the postseason since they clinched that number one seed throughout the playoffs. So you have it here first, number five, Tampa Bay, number four, New Orleans, number three, Buffalo, number two, Green Bay, number one, Kansas City. So there really is... A lot of teams that are going to be playing this weekend that want to win. But not every team is going to win. Only half the teams that that play this weekend are going to win. And I will get into that in tomorrow's show. So thank you all for listening to Josh's Sports Show. It's been a pleasure to be on the air with you. I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Bye.